Well, this has been quite a series. I don't know, uh, 11 weeks ago, that, that seems like a long time ago, 11 weeks ago, back when we did our, our barbecue outside and we introduced the fact that we were going to walk through the Apostles' Creed together. And even more important than the Creed are the scriptures behind the Creed that support the Creed, that the Creed reminds us about. The scriptures that teach us that God is our Father, and Christ is our Savior, and the Holy Spirit is our Comforter and our Guide. And um, today after first service, someone came up to me, tears in their eyes, just expressing their thankfulness to God for the things He's taught and the way He's worked. I hope you got to be here last week. It was, it was pretty remarkable, really. Um, I got to stand right about here, and we had those stamps made up with the word tetelestai, the word Jesus said on the cross, paid in full. And, um, I mean, you couldn't see what I could see. People with tears in their eyes, with joy on their face, some who had never made any public profession of faith before, who came and prayed and when we stamped the word tetelestai on their prayer card, it was like a huge experience of the grace of God in their lives. Someone called me Monday morning and said, Pastor, I'm worried I lost my card. They told their family, they said, I lost my forgiveness. I said, no, 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 you didn't lose your forgiveness. You just lost your card with the verse about forgiveness. And uh, she was here first service. She said she found it. So she's really happy about that. And... Uh, I'm just so thankful for how God meets us and works in our hearts and in our lives. And I'm trusting him to do it again today as we wind up the Apostles' Creed together. And we're going to say the Creed. Actually, we're going to participate with it at the close of the service. And every time we do that, we remember that these 110 words sort of um, summarize and emphasize particular aspects of the Christian faith. And they have served Christ followers in thousands and thousands of churches all around the globe in different traditions, different denominations, across over a thousand years of history, and we're united with them in our belief in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and the difference that He makes. And the few times that throughout the series we've actually said the creed you can kind of feel the ebb and flow you know the the sort of the emotional tone why don't you take the program this morning that you were handed when you came in and printed on the front of that is the creed the apostles creed and you know god the father almighty creator of heaven and earth everybody's into that one and then we get to jesus christ anybody love jesus I mean, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Uh, suffered under Pontius Pilate. That's serious. That's sobering. On the third day, he rose again. That's a celebration. And then you get down toward the end. You know, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, and last week's theme, the forgiveness of sins. And I've noticed that we don't always get as energized in our voices when we get to that latter part. I'm not sure why. In fact, I think the, the creed sort of builds as it moves toward the end. 
that you know, we're taught this is about us, right? This is us. This is the church. We are the fellowship of God's family, the communion of saints. We're the people that experience the forgiveness of sins. And through faith in Christ, we are the people who will have resurrected bodies and live with him forever. So I think it ends strong. And I think today we're trusting the Holy Spirit to end strong, to bring this home into our own lives, into how we live and think that it makes a difference, that we believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. And what's the very last word of the Apostles' Creed? Anybody know? Amen. Now, is it amen or is it amen? <clears throat> yeah, well, we'll leave that to you, okay? <clears throat> when we get to the end, we get to say that together too. Um, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. This deals with the fact that death is part of the human experience. No matter how young we are here today, there will come a day when our life will be over. I don't like to think about that very much. It's sort of uh, a bit bothersome to think that I'm going to die. I am going to die. And so are you. I was eight years old when that came home to our house. It was after dinner and we were sitting in the living room watching TV when my dad made a very funny sound and collapsed. And over the next half hour, while my older brother worked to revive him, he went to heaven. And I remember thinking, do I really believe that? And, and if I do, what difference does that make? I remember being 15 years old and thinking, you know, I'm, I'm going to die someday. And also thinking, I shouldn't think that. Right? 15-year-olds don't think that. Uh, yes, they do. I've told you the story of how in one of the first times we celebrated Ash Wednesday. It's not really part of our tradition, but it seemed as I was praying about it that particular year that it could minister to our church family. And so we decided we were going to try it. On Wednesday night, we had a very beautiful uh, communion service, and as part of that service, we observed the imposition of ashes. We had ashes made up, and people came forward, those who wanted to. We had to put it on the back of their hand, if that's what they chose, or on their forehead. But I hadn't anticipated the fact that my daughter and son-in-law were going to be in that service, and so was my six-month-old grandson. And when they brought him in their arms for me to put the ashes on his forehead, that rocked me. I'm like, him too. Nancy and I were in Florida, staying at a really nice hotel because we got a good deal on the hotel because we promised to do the 90-minute timeshare <clears throat> you know, are you okay? <laughs> You've been there too. And we told ourselves going in, we're just going to say no. No matter what they say, no matter what the deal, we're just going to say no. We wanted the bargain. And, and so that's what we did. And about halfway through, we were in Destin, Florida at a beautiful place. 
And the young lady who was leading the tour said, one of the best things about this particular timeshare plan is that in the event that you might possibly die, you could will this. And I was like, time out. It's not a, a small possibility. It's a reality, right? She couldn't even say it because it might spoil the sale. You know, it might discourage the crowd. She couldn't even say that we're going to die or you're going to die. And, and so as Christians, what do we do with that? Our sort of natural reluctance and fear of death. It's like the Sunday school teacher who looked at her class one Sunday morning and she was all excited, told them all about heaven, and then asked the class, how many of you want to go to heaven? And everybody but one little boy put up their hand. So she turned to little John. He says, you didn't put up your hand. Don't you want to go to heaven? He said, well, mommy baked a chocolate cake and we're going to have that for dinner. I want some of that, you know. <laughs> I want to go, but not right now, right? That's kind of what the story about us. I want to go, but not right now. But the truth of the matter is that ready or not, the end will come. Whether we are leaning into it or running away from it, the reality is life is short. And at the end of this earthly life, there will be this amazing reality called eternity where God lives outside of time. And as people who were created within time, who've lived with it our whole lives, it's hard to get our heads around eternity. What, what will that be like? Well, the Bible tells us a bit about it. It explains this amazing, uh, profound, mind-boggling concept of eternal life in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So if you have a Bible, you can turn there. There is a Bible I know in the pew in front of you. And this is a great chapter to just always remember. 1 Corinthians 15 talks about the resurrection. It, the first section is about the resurrection of Jesus. The second section uh, from about verse 14 uh, to verse 35 is about the general concept of resurrection of the dead. And then beginning at about verse 36 to the end talks about the resurrection of the body. For believers in Christ, what will that be like? And so we have here a couple of verses from the middle of that section. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable, but it is raised how? What's the next word? imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in what? Raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in what? In power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Now that doesn't mean it's a, 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 an ephemeral body, a, a ghost-like body. I don't know if you've ever wanted to hunt somebody after you die, but you don't get to do that. Okay? Oh, we, well, we don't, we're not ghosts, we're not spiritual, like less than fully formed. It means that the spiritual, but it's a special body, it's a resurrection body. I believe in the resurrection of the body, not the resuscitation of the body. The resuscitation of the body means that if I, when I die, that, you know, I just sort of come right back to life just the same way that I was before. And I don't know about you, but those of us who are over 40 know that your body isn't all that. Anybody? 
you know, you can't read stuff up here anymore. And, uh, well, I, I, I found one of those articles that lists all that good stuff. I wanted to share it with you today. Um, for those of us who know the body uh, isn't all that, some of us know that everything hurts, and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. And the gleam in your eye is the sun hitting your bifocals. Uh, you look forward to a dull evening at home, right? You sit, you sit in a rocking chair and can't get it going. Your knees buckle and your belt won't. I can identify with that. Your back goes out more than you do. You have a recurring dream about prunes. And when you bend over, you look for something else to do while you're down there, right? Now, I love the fact that the Bible has a sense of humor about aging. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, it uses this sort of metaphor of, uh, of a house that is getting old and shaky, and it's uh, a metaphor for the human body. So I looked it up in the New Century Version, which kind of does the translation. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, written by Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. Remember your Creator while you are young. The King James says, in the days of your youth, right? Before the days of trouble come, in the years when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. When you get old, the light from the sun, moon, and stars will, glow, will grow dark. Rain clouds will never seem to go away. At that time, your arms will shake and your legs will become weak. Your teeth will fall out so you cannot chew. And it talks about the grinders are few in uh, some of the translations. Your eyes will not see clearly. Your ears will be deaf to the noise in the streets. You can barely heal, hear the millstone grinding grain, which is, of course, a huge, loud sound. But you wake up when birds start singing. <laughs> yeah. You go to sleep early. You wake up early, whether you want to or not. You will fear high places. You'll be afraid to go for a walk. Your hair will become white like the flowers on an almond tree. Well, that's a nice way to say it. You know, gray hair, white hair. You will limp along like a grasshopper when you walk. Your appetite will be gone. Then you will go to your everlasting home. And people will go to your funeral. Um, I can't tell you how many times at a funeral service when hearts are broken, I'm reminded that the Bible doesn't hide from that. Doesn't tell us to cheer up. Doesn't say don't grieve or don't be sorry. It says that in the middle of our grief and in our sorrow, God can be with us. He is near to the brokenhearted. We're not in denial about the fact that death will come. We are in hope that there is life beyond death. That beyond the grave is this eternal, beautiful, powerful reality that is ours through faith in Jesus Christ. I love that. I love the hope that is ours through Christ. It is the hope that the trump will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. And we will be changed, for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. Exactly how will that happen? 
You know, Paul goes on and describes it this way. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that has written, been written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Wow. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. He's getting in the face of death, you know. I used to be afraid of death. I used to run from death. Death had the last word. But in Christ, life has the last word. So death, where's your sting now? <coughs> death, where's the victory that you claim to have, that you seem to have over so many other people? You don't have it over me. That doesn't work on me. That doesn't work on Jesus' people. We're Easter people. We're alive forevermore. And we will go through the doorway of death and we will come out alive on the other side. Isn't that good? Aren't you glad? And so I believe in the resurrection of the body. We are sown in dishonor. We are raised in glory. Not resuscitation, not just the same old me recycled. Now, I mean, have you ever thought about Lazarus? Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Poor guy, he had to die all over again. He had to die twice, right? He was raised him from the dead, but he didn't resurrect him. He resuscitated him. He just brought him back, and then Lazarus had to die again. I only have to die once. And after that, I get to live forever. You know, my mom was a wonderful Christian woman and loved Jesus and served him all her life. And toward the end, she kind of had some doubts about that, and it surprised our family. We we're like, Mom, come on. I mean, this is just the evil one discouraging you. It's just your, your old age, you know, sort of getting to you and, and your faith is fading. And every time we were together, we'd breathe life and faith into her. We'd quote scripture to her. We'd sing together uh, about our faith. And she would sort of rally. And, you know, she was in her mid-90s at this point. And then just two days before she died, my brother went to tell her that our dad had died. And I don't know if I've told you that story. I'm sure I have, that my stepdad died on Christmas Day. And uh, so we got the phone call. We flew out there, and my mom was not well at all. And we spent some time at her bedside, and then we went to the funeral home to make final arrangements for my dad. And while we were there, the word came that my mom had died. And so we had their funerals together. And uh, it was an amazing celebration of their lives. So my brother had gone to tell mom that dad had died. And she was kind of in and out of being able to converse. And as he told her that, just to make sure that she understood, she said, yes, I know. She said, but I, I've seen the city and I've seen the wall. And she sort of got energy and she said, I, I see it. It's true. It's true. And I think about that. You know, I think about the fact that our hope of heaven is true. It's real. There is life beyond the grave. I believe in the resurrection of the body and life eternal. And when we say that, you know, when we, get, when we went through the creed way back the very first week, remember we talked about the fact that saying, I believe 
is not just a vague mental notion of agreement. This word, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, I believe in the Holy Spirit, I believe in the resurrection. It's I believe into. I believe with passion. I believe with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength that it's true. I just don't sort of vaguely uh, believe it to be true. I passionately, personally, profoundly believe this is the truth. There is no victory in death. A victory is in life, in Christ. So I don't know about you, but that means a couple of very important things. First of all, I want to make sure that I experience it, don't you? I want to make sure I experience it. I want to believe into God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit with everything I am. I want to make sure that I have a close and healthy relationship with Jesus that begins through an honest, sincere commitment of my life and faith to Christ. And it's my hope and prayer that you have taken that most important life step of faith. But it continues as I walk with him one day at a time. Lord, today I want to love you. Today I want to serve you. Today I want to die to myself and live for you. It's a life for a life. So if I want to be resurrected to life eternal, if I want to worship God and be with him forever, then here and now I need to act like it, right? I need to act like it. I need to be passionate about my faith. I need to be serious about my walk with God. I need to be thoughtful about my witness to other people. Because if I want to go to heaven, I know a lot of other people I want to take with me. How about you? Family, friends, neighbors, co-workers. Every person you know is an eternal soul. And they will either live with God in a place called heaven, or they will live apart from him in a place called hell. And I don't wish that on anybody. God doesn't either. (laughs) Did you know that? God doesn't want anyone to go to hell. That's why he sent Jesus to die on the cross, to pay for our sins, to tell us die, right? Paid in full. But we make that decision for ourselves. God doesn't send people to hell. They send themselves there by their rejection of God, by their rebellion against him. So in my heart, my response to the fact that there is a resurrection of the body and life everlasting, it's wow, wow, I want to be there. I want to live there. I want to know the Lord and love him forever. And I want to take as many people with me as I can. I was thinking about the fact that we have neighbors and friends and people we meet every day. And it just seems like, you know, just sort of casual. Um, about four mornings a week, I go swimming at the Davison Athletic Club and try and work out. And uh, yesterday the power was out and I was bummed. All right, I got up early just to go and they got to the door and they turned me away. Don't you feel sorry for me? <laughs> anyway, I was, I, was, I was anxious to go, but I got thinking about the people that I see there. Because as a pastor... Probably the majority of the people I see are you great people, right? And, and other good people, other Christian people. But I, don't, I need encounters with everyday people like you do every day. 
And I'm thinking, well, okay. When I go in, there's usually the people that say hi and people who know me, some who go to our church. And there's others that I sort of have spoken to from time to time and we've established a bit of rapport. And that's, I, I enjoy that. But then there are the people who, do, who never talk to me, right? Who um, maybe they know what I do and they don't want to talk to me. I don't know. Uh, and I was thinking, boy, they all matter. They all matter. Maybe what I say and how I act actually makes a difference. Not just for the, not just for the ones that are easy, but for the ones that are sometimes a challenge. What about you? What about you? I believe in the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Uh, Life everlasting means that it's real life and it goes on forever. That's hard for me to get my head around, but the Bible says it's true. Revelation chapter 21 describes what that will be like. What will everlasting life be like? He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more what? No more death. Or? 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 How cool is that? Woo! There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything I am making everything, (laughs) everything new, everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega. See, we put it up here again, because it's the beginning and the end, right? The Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost, from where? From the, would you read it out loud? From the spring of the water. Life. The water of life. Wow, those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. I don't know exactly what heaven will be like, but it will be good. It'll be amazing. It'll be wow. There will be no chubby angels and little clouds and harps. And at least I'm hoping there won't be, all right? That, that's not, those who've been courageous followers of Jesus deserve a little more than that, don't you think? And he says it'll be beyond anything we can ask or imagine. It'll be like the greatest stuff in life, only better. None of the bad. No more tears, no more crying, no more pain. None of the bad and only good. And the good will be even better than any of the other good we know. How cool is that? I want to be there. I want to live there. I want to worship there forever. And the Bible says that one of the main businesses of heaven, the thing that will occupy us, will be in awe and wonder and praise of our God. We will see him face to face. Jesus will be there. And we will fall before him. And we will worship him. And we get to do that. We don't have to do that. We get to do that, right? We get to sing. We get to pray. We get to use the the heavenly resurrected body that God gives us. And I don't know what it'll be exactly that we'll do, but I believe it'll be good. It will be growing. It will be stretching. 
people. It will be exciting. It will be challenging. And it will last forever. At many funeral services over the past number of years, I've closed the service, or near the end, by quoting from C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, the story of the children who went through the wardrobe and discovered this incredible, incredible place called Narnia. The Pevensey children, Susan and Peter and Edmund and Lucy, they've had these incredible adventures, but in the last book of the Chronicles of Narnia, the author tells us the secret, the secret that he's been hiding. Susan and Peter and Edmund and Lucy have died. They were in a train crash. But now they live forever in this incredible place called Narnia. And then he writes this. The things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them. And for us, this is the end of all the stories, and we must truly say that they really lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now, at last, they were beginning chapter one of that great story in heaven, which no one on earth has read, which goes on and on forever, and in which every chapter is better than the one before. Wow. Heaven is real. Life in Christ is eternal. I want to make sure I'm there, you're there, and as many as people as we can love in Jesus' name, go along with us. Amen? Amen. The worship team's going to come. We're going to talk about that last word. Pastor Shane's going to help me out. And while they're coming, I'd like us to just take a moment and pray together. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for the journey you've brought us on as a church family for the last 11 Sundays. You know that each chapter in this book has touched somebody's life at a different place. And as we look back on it, we think about the journey of God the Father, God the Son, Pastor Shane's message about the Trinity. Remembering that Christ died for our sins and rose on the third day. That he's ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. From where he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Lord, I pray that as we wrap it all up, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will bring it home to our hearts. As we've closed with this message about the resurrection of the body and life everlasting, thank you that it's true. And I pray for anyone here who's not quite certain they're going to be there that by faith right now they would reach out to you and pray, Lord Jesus, I know I need you. Please forgive me and live in me. 
Make me a new person from the inside out. Lord, I believe as we pray that and mean that, forgive us, change us, that eternity starts right here, right now. And we will live forever with you. I pray for the people who will be in our homes on Thursday or perhaps we'll be in someone else's home. I pray for the people we'll see on Friday, shopping somewhere, running somewhere. Help us to love them like you love them. Help us to treat them like they're eternal beings who matter so much that Jesus Christ gave his life for them. Remind me, Lord, every day that how I act, what I say, the way I live can make an eternal difference for someone else. So, Lord, I pray that in these closing moments, you will give us the joy of our salvation. You will give us the sense of victory that is ours through Jesus Christ. Death doesn't have the victory. Sin no longer has a stain. For in Christ, we are free, we are forgiven, we are alive. Alive here and hereafter. Alive now and forever. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We never want to get over you. We love you back. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know what amen means? Amen means that's true. Amen means I agree with that. Amen means so be it, all right? So we're going to say the last word, amen. And we are going to go through each statement of the creed. Pastor Shane and I will lead. And uh, I think we'll, we'll say the statement part and you'll respond at the end of each statement with the word. You, you're with me. You're ahead of me. You're, you're good. All right. Will you stand and let's do this together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Amen. Suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. Amen. Amen. I believe in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Christian Church. Amen. Amen. I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. amen. Now, when it's really true in the Bible, it says amen and amen. So I believe in all these things. Amen and amen. Let's sing about it. I believe. I believe in God the Father.